Welcome to Self Worst. This is a podcast about failure, day jobs, creative inspiration and block, bad habits, mental health, and the fleeting sense of sanity, worth, and dignity that we all chase under capitalism. We talk about trauma. We talk about art. We talk about spiritualism, imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and the mirage of meritocracy. Each week, artists, designers, losers, dirtbags, musicians, degenerates, comedians, actors, fuck-ups, scholars, crazies, filmmakers, veterans, sluts, commies, weirdos, activists, addicts, teachers, fatties, and queers, all other types of beautiful people, come and join me, Brad Pearson, in a discussion on what to do with this stupid, sacred life. Are you blessed or are you cursed With a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst Do you want to confide about the darkness inside Come and talk about it on Self-Worst Oh boy! How you doing? How are you handling nearly a full damn year of quarantine? We're almost at the anniversary the the first lockdown yay that's fun that's a fun anniversary do you have plans to celebrate are you gonna like do a special i don't know a ceremonial sourdough you gonna uh have a special zoom karaoke with your friends you gonna punch a hole in that last mirror the last one you got Finally, just take that motherfucker out. No more mirrors. No more looking at yourself. You're alone in this room. No more the other guy in the room looking at you. Whatever state you're in, I hope you're, you know, bringing it in, ringing it in well. I have been exercising nearly daily for a whole year. And I've been growing out my hair for almost a whole year. I didn't, I cut it right before uh, the lockdown, conveniently. And so my body has never looked better, and my hair has never looked worse. And all I wanted was to look good with long hair, and it is just not happening. I wanted to look like Jason Momoa. That's what I had in my head. Ripped. I'm gonna grow my hair out. I ended up looking more like Richard Simmons at best. So I'm gonna cut it. Um, I want to make I want to make it a full year just to do it, you know, just to make it official. Um, I'm gonna wait till I'm fully vaccinated. So that's coming up at the end of this month. But damn, stupid ass fucking hair. I've been thinking about it a lot. I've been posting about it a lot. See, here's the thing that I can do. Uh, A special skill that I have. I can simultaneously despise my hair texture, my like curly, frizzy hair texture, and dread going bald. You know, I can, I can, I can look in a mirror and I can say, you know, fuck you, you, you frizzy, pubic looking mess, you fucking disgusting, poodle-ass, noodle, fucking Napoleon Dynamite-looking bitch. Please don't leave me here. 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 I'll curse my hair 
and then beg for it to, to stay, beg for my hairline to just please hold, please, for the love of God. What I'm saying is that it is a weird experience being a deeply insecure straight white male in 2021. Yes, I know I have privilege. I know that. I know that I have leverage in every interaction that I have on a daily basis. But I also have a toxic narrative in my head that has haunted me for in my entire life. It has undercut and undermined my own sense of self at every turn. It is possible to be privileged and offset that privilege with self-sabotage. Based on my demographic, my background, I could very easily be be making six figures, owning property, having kids and all that shit by now, working in my field of study, you know, what I actually went to school for, all of that. Or at the very least, I should be going to my day job, yes, but I should also have my passion projects, this podcast, my art, my writing, whatever, should be much further along. I should definitely have much more to show for my passion projects by now. I am way fucking behind. I am a late bloomer to the extreme. I have had every opportunity to make this happen. Instead, I'm a dog walker. And I feel qualified to do pretty much nothing but menial, manual labor jobs for the rest of my life. And yeah, I got a bone to pick with capitalism. And yes, I believe that menial manual labor jobs, quote unquote, deserve dignity and a living wage. But let's set that aside. I also want to acknowledge that a great deal of my own failures, shortcomings, professionally as it were, are because of me. My own lack of determination. My own lack of focus. This is a tough needle to thread because it sounds like I'm beating myself up saying this. It's meta. But those things, determination, focus, they're hindered by my shitty sense of self. By bad self-esteem, you dig? You can't make it anywhere. If you get as crushed by failure as and rejection as I did all throughout my 20s. If you are so put off by a shutting door that you curl into a little ball and let go of your dreams. You scribble out every paragraph moments after you write it and say, that's no good. You will be on a hamster wheel for the rest of your life. I wanted to address this because statistically there have to be other frustrated cis straight white dudes listening to this who have asked the question, so where the fuck 
is all of this unearned confidence I am supposed to feel because I don't. I want to say, yes, your struggles are valid. You can be privileged and still hate yourself and still have huge problems with confidence and still have struggles, still have mental illness, still experience poverty. The thing that has to be noted, of course, is that your struggles aren't because you are a straight white dude. And they, of course, aren't because of feminists and immigrants and all that other shit. You, you understand? I want there to be space out there for men to discuss things we're not supposed to talk about. Our fears, our insecurities, our weaknesses, our doubts. You see, I think that there is a huge problem. That there are so few spaces for this. That men who experience anxiety and insecurity around sex and dating have little places to turn. So you know who's waiting with, for them with open arms? Incel Reddit. And instead of processing their insecurities and anxieties and inability to get laid, <clears throat> been there, they turn to these dark corners of the internet that want to blame feminists and SJWs and liberals and blah, 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 Marxists. Blah, blah, blah. What if there was a space for guys to discuss tips on how to approach, sorry, how to approach women that aren't the game, that aren't pickup artists, Mr. E fucking fuzzy hat, eyeliner bullshit that aren't nagging and shit like that what if there was a space for guys to discuss if they have a weird dick hmm? I know you're out there if it's small or curved or uncircumcised or whatever and they're absolutely mortified that people will think it's gross and weird and then it makes them less of a man. Or people have literally told them as much to their face. Or uh, they can't get it up. Or they nut too fast. And they can't even really address it with anyone. Because they think they'll get laughed out of the room. Because it is funny on some level. It's a dick. It's inherently funny. But what if there was a space for guys who are frustrated with their station in life? They hate their job. They're broke. They feel useless. They can't find their niche. What if they could go somewhere and examine what had been happening to them that, that, that isn't some alt-light, alt-right, Jordan Peterson bullshit that thrusts all the blame on the decline of Western values, immigrants, welfare, blah, 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 blah. You've heard it all. I hope that we as a society 
with all of this nice, beautiful, progressive, inclusive work that we have done to address issues in an honest and compassionate way that women and queer people face and build a space like that for men. Let me be clear. Let me reiterate that I am all for women, for people of color, for queer people, for trans people, uh, having those spaces dedicated to them. That's important. They need that. And, and, and hell yeah, let's help foster those, those spaces. I love that there's a bazillion Instagrams out there encouraging, you know, love your curvy body, love your wide hips, love your body hair, love your stretch marks, love your long labia, etc. It's necessary and it needs to be amplified to offset the bazillion messages that people hear on a daily basis that get them to hate their bodies and identities and surrender to patriarchy and capitalism and all of that. White supremacy. Is this getting, is this too serious? Is this too preachy? Am I going on a rant? I'm sorry. Here. Is that better? Spaces for men to create dialogue about their own issues don't not exist because all of those spaces are going to marginalized groups. There is no scarcity of spaces. Do you see what I'm saying? They don't exist because we, straight, cis, blah, 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 white men, have not fostered them ourselves. It is incumbent on us to create that space. So what does this look like? I don't really know. A circle of folding chairs in a church basement where guys talk about this stuff. A message board. Uh, I mean, I'm imagining this and it feels uncomfortable. It does. But I, we have to push through that discomfort. I feel like we have an almost built-in aversion to male intimacy. Like that it's going to be gay or whatever. But I guess we just have to push past that. We have to have those uncomfortable conversations. Find people who are safe to talk about those sorts of things. Be a person who is safe to talk about those sorts of things. Which is why I'm really glad that I got to sit down with today's guest, Casey James Salengo. He's a New York comedian. He has a comedy album that you should check out called Wild Country Phoenix. It's on all the platforms, on Spotify, all that. It is a really fucking solid stand-up album. First of all, it's just beginning to end. I just listened to it today before interviewing Casey. Uh, it was the second time through. I'd, I'd heard it before. And it is just... It is one of the more 
competently just beginning to end just you know it's just it's great he also has a podcast called the good the dad and the ugly which he does with two friends of his these three guys and the whole conceit of the show is that they bring on uh female comedians women in the comedy world uh to i guess just sort of balance out their testosterone and uh you know have a discussion about uh you know a women woman's perspective on the world dating relationships sex all of that stuff it's really great um and this was a really fun conversation that i had with him uh we we talk about all that stuff um and i'm super i'm super grateful man i'm super just like i'm i'm moved and i'm honored that he came on and was willing to just like sit and chat with me about all of this stuff as virtually a stranger um it was just really cool and um it was this is one of my uh this is this is one of, i think i can safely say one of the one of the better episodes i've ever recorded so how about that are you excited are you excited okay so brief housekeeping you know uh patreon.com slash self-worst help me out uh that would be cool of you um and that's about it let's just let's just go to the conversation with casey james selingo well i've been traveling down the road trying to lose my load i got sing together yeah uh it doesn't come out well <laughs> i don't mean to quiet your talents sir um no it's all right it, complaints about that it's usually like 70s like dad rock stuff right that you that you sing in with yeah. it seems is that's, that's your is that I your mean. like musical wheelhouse typically oh yeah i'm a big uh big classic dad rock i don't like i don't like i mean it's not I've got bad taste in music. Typically, it's like cheesy yacht rock. I wouldn't say I that's like bad. I'm a I'm a big yacht rock fan. Uh, my girlfriend and I have seen Michael McDonald twice. Oh my god, that's beautiful. That's Good great. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. we yeah. saw him at the South Street Seaport, um, like up on a roof, with like oh, the yeah. it was like the proscenium sort of like framed the Brooklyn Bridge, and mm-hmm. um. He had like boats going by. It was very, oh. it was very perfect. And the second time we saw him, it was in Long Island. The show, like the setup, wasn't quite as good, mm-hmm. but he was also with Shaka Khan. Oh wow! So it what was just, duo. it was just like yeah, just two legends. It was just fucking, <laughs> it was incredible. That's great. You don't know me, but you don't know me, but I... oh, so good. <laughs> the voice of a like fun. fucking god. I mean, and like he's he's up there and he's just like. 
his hair is all just that like just like snow white now and the stage yes. lights just like bounce off and he looks like he looks like actual like god he looks like yahweh it's insane oh my god i bet it's beautiful i think one of my you've never seen him think about it i've never seen him live i've seen a lot about a year into dating my wife for my birthday she got me billy joel tickets mm. when he performs once a month at msg and i'll tell you what but we had this is one of the best nights of my life he was tearing it up he was fucking cracking jokes. He's making fun of Elton John. He uh, he brought does up he, Paul Does he have Simon, an Elton John was, diss track? He was just talking because you know they toured together, and he was talking about like, you know, he's like when I was touring with Elton, you know, like he wasn't even doing any tricks on the piano. I'm like, spin that motherfucker around or something, man. And apparently they don't have a great relationship. He's talking about all the models he used to bang. It's, nice. It's, <laughs> he brought up Paul Simon, who's the more impressive. Uh, guest, but wasn't great. Well, he's he's very he, he hasn't aged great. Uh, and then he brought up Miley Cyrus, who was incredible. I heard. So I just was... heard. I was listening, you know, today to just like do a little reconnaissance. Uh, I was I was listening to the uh, the episode you did uh, the the crossover narcissistas episode about Miley mm-hmm. Cyrus. Um, I, I guess I, I mean, you know, she's cool and everything. I just, I hadn't really like paid that much attention ever. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, she's doing it. She's like, she's being like sexy now. And she's like breaking out of her, like Hannah Montana image and like, cool. Now she's like a hot girl. And now she's like, you know, and, 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 you know, and she like has like legit talent. She's got pipes. She can fucking like, she understands music. She's, she's great. She's got a hell of a voice. I feel like she's finally being herself. Yeah, she went through the Hannah Montana thing. Mm-hmm. And then she went through the cultural appropriation phase. Sure. A lot of, you know, pop stars do where they just, you know. She it just, happens. Yeah. Look, I mean, everybody, you know, like a lot, so many musicians like in the 80s had that like brief ill-advised world music for it. Paul Simon did. David Byrne Absolutely. did. Absolutely. You know, like it's Absolutely. just a thing. That it's like kind of an embarrassing white people thing that we do sometimes. And, you know, it's just... You move past it. You have to just like embrace it for a minute and, you know, hope that nothing is too gross and then just sort of, you know, try and gracefully move on from that. Yeah. I don't know. She's grown to herself. She's grown into herself now. I feel like she's doing, you know, country rock stuff. She's got a great voice. Proud of her growth and change. I should introduce you. This is Casey James oh, yeah, Salengo talking. No, that's okay. Um, I Sometimes I introduce the guest in like a preamble. Um, maybe I'll do that too. But just in case you have been, you know, you just skipped whatever non-existent ads you thought, you know, I might have at the beginning of the episode and you're just tuning in now, um, you know, welcome. I'm sitting down with Casey James Salengo. Uh, you can listen to his uh, album wild country phoenix like pretty pretty much anywhere it's on itunes it's on all that it's on spotify whatever um yeah and uh, he also has a podcast called the good the dad and the ugly uh and we're we're just talking about dad rock and yacht rock and shit uh right now how you doing i'm doing good man just hanging out uh just had dinner with my wife i just bought red dead redemption 2 mm. so i started playing that um so yeah life's going pretty good I've really, I want to get, I don't have a video game console. I haven't had one for a minute. Yeah. I really want to get one. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's. I want to get a it's Switch. Been my, maybe. 
the Switch. Yeah, I've never been a Nintendo. I've been a PlayStation guy for a long time. And I kind of, I eased off for a while because it was just taking up too much of my time. But when the pandemic started, I mostly play wrestling video games. So I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with wrestling. So mm-hmm. I, uh, but I like write my own storylines. I have a notebook just full of like all this shit I was writing. I was getting, it was getting too deep into it. Uh, that was the beginning of the pandemic. And then I got this Japanese wrestling game, Fire Pro, which was very fun. So I did everything you could in that. And now I didn't want to get Red Dead because I've had friends who have like lost their fucking entire life to the game. Right. <laughs> so I'd rather get a game you can like hop in and out. But I didn't know what else to get. And now I'm a fucking cowboy, brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of my concern with like actually just like getting a another game console is just like i don't know if i want to open that pandora's box again yeah i was like heavily addicted to starcraft for mm. most of a good chunk of like middle school and high school so it, it just you know and 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 like got re-addicted to it like i just like downloaded it thought it would be fun in like 2015 and then just got mm-hmm. like crazy into it again <laughs> it was just like i don't know if yeah I, I don't know if i want to do this anymore you know it's just like Oh, it's scary. I know I've got like a wife and responsibility, and she does not like it when I play. I usually, that's another. I wait till she falls asleep, which is mm. like midnight. So then I'm up to like three or four in the morning. She's not a gamer. Playing video games. She's not. She's not a gamer. It's just like the whole the noises of the wrestling, especially the Japanese wrestling game. Mm. I made one guy where like every movie does. It just goes, oh yeah. Wait, you can <laughs> customize their their noises. Oh yeah. You can do you type make, it in, but, or do you just like pick it out of a menu? You pick it out of a menu and you like pick which moves you want them to say, what specific thing. And I picked every single one of his moves and I picked him saying, oh yeah. <laughs> and she got, she got sick of that pretty fast. But um, yeah, no, I didn't want to do it again either because I used to be obsessed too. But fucking now our job now is to basically sit yeah, around. So I don't, stay inside. Yeah, I've been, re- I've been reading. I haven't done that in years. So. You've been doing, um, I know you have at least in the past worked as a dog walker. Yes, I've worked. I actually just lost my final client. Oh, I think I'm hanging after like six years. Uh, yeah, I was into it hard for, I worked for a guy and I was doing the, uh, you know, like 10 walks a day, fucking spreading around the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I, that's, then, that's my current, uh, racket. That's what I'm doing right really? now. Really? Yeah, that's my, Damn. that's my day job. I just got home from, uh, I, I, uh, Today, what happened was the derailleur on my bike just exploded. <laughs> I was just shifting gears, Fuck. going up uh, the hill and like going up what uh, first, second street in Park Slope, and then it just like just came apart. So Jesus luckily, Christ. I could make it to all of my walks, but like it was one of those where it's just like I'm glad this happened now on a relatively light day because I would be fucked. Because since the yeah. pandemic, all of my clients. I basically have a whole new client list. Mm-hmm. I was in like downtown Brooklyn, but now I'm in more like Park Slope. And yeah. it's, they're all very spread out. Yeah. And it's, it's tough, man. It's annoying. Like that, I mean, like honestly, like the getting from walk to walk is like more of the bitch than anything. Cause like I spent five years like really like working my way, you know, to, a very like nice tight circuit schedule where I was like mm. all within the same, like basically like three Avenue blocks all day. Yeah. yeah. It was fucking great. That's great. That's perfect. It's yeah. yeah. People, people disrespect. It's like the go-to like 
joke to make fun of comedians what their job is, is oh, a yeah. dog walker yeah but it's fucking it's hard as shit but it's also fucking cool as hell man <laughs> i mean like when it's summertime i'm hanging outside i love dogs mm-hmm. i was getting exercised uh you know i was in the sun all day it's better than some bullshit like you know computer job so oh, yeah i would uh, definitely prefer it over um you know just like a fake email job for sure and yeah, you know like yeah. it's it's one of the like i've just never been inclined to have that kind of job i do mm-hmm. like what have i done since i worked you know since i moved here um a pa a mm-hmm. mover uh oh yeah me too you do moving i did i did it for a while because the dog walks well, my original the original guy I worked for finally fired me because <laughs> I forgot what I did. I lied to him about something. I was always lying to him. I was always late for everything, you know. Sure. Whatever. But he's like, we were friends. He let it slide. But he finally let me go, which is like, he was like, I'm doing this as like a favor. He said he was like, I believe in you as a comedian, and I think this is like holding you back, whatever. I was like whatever uh, right I, I think that having a uh, higher economic anxiety and not knowing where you're uh gonna come up with your rent is really gonna inspire your comedy career i think yeah yeah, yeah I, I think living with the dread of eviction and starvation is going to like really like light a fire under your ass to make the comedy thing work it's insane people don't understand like i'd go to open mics and comedians would be like i just quit my job today everyone be like Woo! i'd be like what are you cheering for these people like <laughs> That doesn't mean they made anything happen. It's no good. I'd hang out. I used to hang out with Tim Dillon sometimes when he was like younger, and uh, he would just scream at me. All he'd just be like, "You got to quit the dog walking." I'm like, "What the fuck is the other? Uh, you think I'm gonna quit dog walking and I'll just immediately like be a successful comedian? I don't know what right. you're talking about." Yeah, it's. Just, I mean, like, it, it's it, it's not. There's so many people doing it, and there's so few people who are like actually making it a job job you know that you're like getting paid for on a daily basis like come on yeah yeah that's why so when i lost that i got some clients my own but there wasn't cutting it so i went on to moving which is fucking backbreaking brutal like it's brutal but sometimes it was good when you get into the momentum of it it was very like zen as opposed to comedy because it's like comedy is so you know cerebral and there's no real goal you don't really know what you're doing all the time. Like moving was like picking up a box, moving it somewhere else yeah. and like using your body. So when you get into the groove, it's good, but I didn't do it for like a year and I had a couple moves a couple weeks back and I was fucking dead, man. This shit is. I just did wild. one on Saturday and we were, it was a six floor building. No, that's too many. Floors. And conveniently the elevator wasn't working oh that particular God, weekend. Insane um so luckily that the sixth floor building was the one we were moving out of so we were going downstairs and also the guy organizing it he's actually he's very experienced with it and he he wants to like have his crew like actually like have an okay time and not die and stuff so he's like six floors i'm gonna hire six guys and they're just gonna have to oh the client's just gonna have to pay so you're only going down one floor at a time damn that's great and like that was like that was tolerable there was one we did a couple weeks ago where we were going up four floors and that was much Mm. worse i would take six floors down over four floors up any old day it's 
brutal, man. Some of those things you're lifting, like these people think they're hiring like experience, like move, move. Most of these people who work no. in these companies are just like hungover, weak comedians. <laughs> yeah, they're like, either or, or yeah, or they're just like yeah. just dummies you know just just like dumb guys who can't fucking do anything else but they're strong you know like that's pretty much not even strong i've worked with some of the weakest people i've ever met (laughs) in my life and uh it's like my buddy patrick schroeder has a joke about it and he's like something like oh these movers you hired aren't too bright and it's like oh yeah these guys you hired to lift boxes aren't fucking scholars what are you (laughs) expecting so it, that it was difficult. I've done all the comedian jobs. The dog walking, mm-hmm. I was still doing lightly in the pandemic. I basically had one client, and he's basically just keeping me out of the favor, I think, because he knew I needed money. Yeah. Uh, but him and his boyfriend were home all the time, so he finally yeah. was just like, "We don't really, we don't really need you." Anymore. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird walking people's dogs while they're home, which is largely I do a lot of that. And I guess like it's... now they're like working from home and stuff, but like a lot of times. Like pre-pandemic, they weren't doing anything. They were it's just the home. it's uh, it's so weird, and especially like I hated it because especially you know as I said I'm late all the time, so like especially when you don't know if they're gonna be home or not, uh, it's the worst. And yeah. When, yeah, when people are just sitting there, I'm like, what the fuck are you? Doing? I know you're paying me, but what are you doing, man? Come on. Yeah. Get up and get up and do this thing. I have but, extremely uh, mixed feelings about the whole thing because it's just like. I, part of me is just so like disgusted that people will just throw money at their responsibilities and just like I'm just gonna fucking pay some other chump to do this shit for me. Yeah, yeah. On the other hand, I'm like, yeah, fuck, I don't, I'll take your fucking money to like I'm yeah. I'm grateful for it, I guess. Like I'll do it. Yeah, it's so, creating a job. What yeah, gonna, I mean, like do? it's creating a job, I guess. Like I yeah, like you said, I get to be outside. I hang out with dogs. I like dogs and uh you know you're by yourself that's the main thing Mm. that is the thing that i think makes it a much preferable because you make more money as a mover for sure but the main thing that pre-pandemic like not even worrying about covid um is just like oh i don't see anybody all day yeah I don't I have to fucking talk to anybody. I don't have to mm. make small talk. I don't have to put mm. up with anybody's bullshit. I don't have to. I don't have to listen to some somebody tell me about like Joe Rogan or libertarianism. I don't have to. Yes. I don't have to like pretend to give a shit about like sports. Like I don't like. I don't have yes. to do any of that. Like I just like. I just hang out, like, I'll maybe listen to a podcast and, like, oh, yeah, just chill. It's the, best. it's the best. It's the best. Listen to podcasts, just fucking listen to tunes, fucking grab a coffee, maybe think of some jokes. Mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever pops up. I fucking love it. Back in my prime when I was doing that, like, going to, like, three open mics a night, I'm like, this is living. I had a scooter. My boss, because I was so late all the time, he bought me, like, a, an adult-sized Razor scooter. Hell, yeah. <laughs> And, so you're not uh, you're not a probably, biker. You don't you don't uh, do cycling. No, I didn't do it. But I was too afraid to ride a bike. Really, fair enough. It's it's shit. scary as shit here. But I'm six four. Like I know I'd immediately just like get clipped by someone. I'm too clumsy. But the scooter, man, I was like I would get made fun of so much. But there's no more efficient method of transportation. I'll just be fucking cruising along, and I'd go here and there. I'd go to an open mic. People <laughs> make jokes about it. I feel like I'd be more scared. I don't know. Like a scooter on the sidewalk with all those cracks. Like I'm just like, like 
I'm not as tall as you. Like, I'm six feet, but, like, I'm always just, like, I have a pretty high center of gravity. And those things got little tiny wheels. And you I hit the right, you hit the, like, I'm just, I just constantly picture myself face planting on one of those things. I, that's when I finally retired. I was going across, I was, I learned how to do it with one hand so I could drink a cup of coffee. Nice. And I was going across the crosswalk and the thing just snapped in half and I slid all the way across the crosswalk. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people in the cars probably had a great laugh, but I didn't spill the coffee. I was very impressed with myself. Impressive. Impressive. Um, That was, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about um, your origin story. Let's let's uh, let's dig back into the beginning and uh, you All know right. so, so, like, and and begin there. All right. Well, I was born in Rutland, Vermont, mm-hmm. August eleventh, nineteen eighty six. Uh, to my mom, my dad was in prison for Grand Theft Auto, I believe, so he wasn't there. But he got out. Pretty shortly after, within the first year or two of my life. But uh, they got divorced when she was pregnant with me because he was bipolar, so he had a big manic episode. So that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, got out. We moved, so we lived in Vermont for a while. Then we moved to Middleburg, New York, when I was like three or four, which is in like the Upper Catskills, I believe. It's like an hour outside of Albany. So we lived there. My dad still lived in. Vermont, you have a good relationship. I'd see him every other weekend, go there for you know vacations and stuff. Uh, and then we mostly just moved around upstate. You know, we probably lived in twenty different you know houses, uh, <laughs> just moving around town to town. Uh, yeah, that was that was the start. Right. Um, and uh, so, what brought you to New York and? Uh... And, and starting in comedy comedy i wanted to do comedy i uh actually just found this video of so i went to college in oneonta new york which is like western new york mm-hmm. and i wasn't fully sure i wanted i knew i liked acting but uh so i got into the theater program but i wasn't that good at it i was like i'm, I'm pretty good at it but i'm like something's not fully there and i was like this isn't fully it and then my buddy and i there's this big dance show uh, that was on campus every semester. And it was like the biggest show because it was like, uh, it was very entertaining. And it was also like, you know, all the hot college girls dressed and whatever, dancing around. So brought a, you know, a large, <laughs> large audience, but they wanted a host to me and my friend audition just doing these like, you know, comedy bits. And I think we're the only ones who auditioned, but anyway, we got to host it and we did like these comedy skits in between and it got like very popular and uh you know we became like you know many campus celebrities all the dads were like man i fucking hate these dance recitals but you guys are pretty fucking funny man so we we got to do that and that's when i realized i wanted to do like comedy but there wasn't really an outlet to do it there um so then i knew i wanted to move, move to new york city i had some friends move here for acting and uh, I just knew I wanted to move here to do something. I think it was like acting, stand-up, improv, whatever. Uh, so I worked on a weed farm in California. Nice. For a few months. I would go back there for the first few years. For the first like two years I lived here, I went back there for harvest. And That sounds idyllic. How, how was that? 
uh, it was fun. It was owned by it's my uncle's weed farm, mm-hmm. so I thought it was gonna be great because it was like my dad was going, my uh, my uncle, who's actually my mom's brother, but the family they were like still close, uh, various family members stuff, and I thought it'd be great because I thought like this was like my fun uncle when I was younger, and I was like, oh, we can reconnect. I'm just gonna be like trim weed, smoke weed, hang out. But I got there and like living in the mountains, something about like having a little bit of heat right. and fucking went psycho. He was insane. I didn't realize there was like a blood feud between him and my dad that was like mostly unspoken. So he just took all that aggression out on me. And I had no idea that this was coming. So like he would just fucking rail against me and like scream at me, get in my face. And I was like, this is insane. And you know, uh, so like it got. It wasn't that fun because of that. But the rest was just smoking weed, trimming. I stayed in an RV with my dad. He had all the Sopranos on DVD. Nice. And I'd never seen it. So every night I would just watch The Sopranos. That's fucking rad. Uh, so, I can't imagine yeah, getting that screamed kind of, at at a, at a weed farm. It just seems just so like the very opposite of what you would expect out of somebody who literally grows marijuana for a living. Well, this guy should, I mean, it's something, someone, it's a man who's been living in the mountains, smoking weed alone for years. And he's oh, all okay. of a sudden yeah, that gets a little... making a lot of cash money, you know, working with, you know, kind of insidious people. Uh, so he like, he'd get extremely paranoid and there's just a lot, of, a lot of bad blood. My dad's side of the family, there's like five kids, their parents died right. when they were young. So I didn't realize there's this like because of the we him and my dad now have this like fucking blood feud. Like they would just send threatening letters to each other over and over. Uh, my dad actually put cat shit in an envelope and mailed that to him. Which wow. I don't know how that got all the way through the mail. I don't know how he, I don't know how he put that in an envelope and fucking wrote down the mail. He put a stamp on it. He probably it put the stamp office. and wrote it before he put the cat shit in. That's what I was thinking. I yeah. guess I didn't mean how like the technicals that I mean, like, at some point, you'll think like, "Hey, this is too much." <laughs> <laughs> no, I am fucking following through with this. Oh my! I got to get to the post office by five. He did it. I've got letters I need to send that I'm just like, ah, I got to find a stamp, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and I just won't do it. Oh yeah, no, I I have like fucking like bills for blood work that I haven't even sent in because I'm like, ah. yeah, I ignore all these bills that come in. I even have, I've got like a certain amount. We've got insurance now. I'm just so used to dodging bills. That I'll just like ignore them. I'm like, wait a minute, I could probably pay this now. Uh, but there was a big blood feud. My dad wrote a letter. One of the one of the letters to my uncle. He like talked shit about the whole family. My uncle. I, I, I'm it. guessing though he was glad to open the envelope and find a letter this time. Yes, yeah, so it's got to be a fun surprise. I would if they, if I found catch it in an envelope, I'd probably not open the next letter that came. But so he wrote a letter and it. and it was just like a a full diatribe. Oh, scathing. My uncle photocopied it, sent it to the rest of the family. So now, like, he's cut off from uh, most So I guess this family. is, like, pre-putting somebody on blast on, like, Facebook. Yeah, which he's gotten on Facebook now, and it's bad. Oh, and boy. he's been banned several times. <laughs> I'm like, Daddy, you gotta... Most people, like, their parents put up, like, pictures of birds and, like, wish their friends... Oh, yeah. Birthday. My dad is just threatening people's lives. Good God. Yeah, no, I... I sometimes think about how fucking lucky I am to have just such pure, just wholesome parents. Like literally my mom was on the local news for, um, 
she she's retired now and she just makes these little button bouquets oh my she God. just collect she just strings buttons onto like a little piece of wire and makes a little like oh. flower bouquet and puts it in like a little cute little pot oh my that's, God. that's that's the kind of people my parents are that's darling you're lucky I, it's, a, you feel, it's fucking adorable it's like too you much feel like that impacted you in a good way or yeah i mean i think yeah, so yeah. Uh, other than here's yeah. the thing that i always like the thing about it that freaks me out is that i look at my parents and they're so just like good and pure and sweet and i'm just like so why am i all fucking crazy yeah, yeah. like what wh where's the darkness come from is it just a, mm -hmm. intrinsic is it just me it, like it's not there's no bloodline explanation there's no like fucking there's no like trauma that i can attribute it to like there's uh -huh. no like dad hit me there's no like fucking like you know like i i, I saw my i saw my mom like chasing my uncle around with like a, a yeah. bart simpson mask or something like nothing like yeah. no, it just you know it's just it's just i just have this i just have this dark evil that's, in me. it sucks it's very interesting because i'm the complete opposite where i feel like i was i'm a generally like good-natured sweet boy yeah but this darkness was thrust upon me and like pulled me into the world of darkness yeah and talk talk, like, uh, talk more about that because you've touched on that i mean you touch on that obviously in in your stand-up but like you had a like a really yeah. fucking crazy upbringing well it was just wild you know my mom was an alcoholic and you know, lots of boyfriends moving around. So, like, no stability, just fucking uh, the whole family of criminals. Uh, just, like, moving around, like, moving in the night because people aren't paying rent. Just, like, having to live with just, like, drunk older people that don't fucking... You know, clearly don't have your best interests in mind. So right. you kind of have to take care of yourself. Um, yeah, so just all that shit that, like, turned into trauma that i turned into jokes uh <laughs> that i'm like unpacking now through therapy and shit and like how it affected me um but i still feel like at my heart i'm still like i think i'm a, like a, a sweet you guy. seem you seem like <laughs> a really sweet dude i mean we've been talking for exactly 30 minutes but i mean you know you, you seem like a very sweet guy from from what i've ah oh, thank uh, you from what i've seen and heard of you so i don't know how much that is real anymore i don't know how much I've also learned I'm such a people pleaser that I'm uh, like, I don't even know. Am I just like a fucking piece of shit on the inside? I just please people so much. I don't know what's going on over here, but you're the opposite. You have a darkness, but you came from, I have a dark. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I, I don't want to like sound like too dramatic about it or anything, but no, you know, no, just like no. depression, anxiety, a lot of yeah, like yeah. anger and rage and just like, you know, just like big emotions and, and angst yeah. and all of this shit that like, we thought it was all like, I thought initially it was just like, Oh, I'm a teenager. Like, I, like, I, all these feelings, I like, came online when I was a teenager and, and like, they were like, oh, that's normal. You know, like you're, you know, you're a, you're a teenager, you're listening to Nirvana, you're venting it right. And then it just stuck. And then there was just like always sad and just always yeah. dark and, and just like, it just never fully went away and like got worse sometimes. Mm. It's pretty okay now. Like I've got it, you know, I'm managing it, but like, it's, it's just like, where does this where does this come from? I don't know. Where does it come from? I, I don't that know. I mean, like if I, if I look outside of, of yeah, mental. Well, I mean, if I look outside of like my immediate nuclear family, then yeah, 
then then there's maybe more of like an explanation and like yeah. oh it's like skip the generation or whatever or it's like oh there it is and yeah. this person you know there's like uh fucking um you know I'm still uh, listening like, I just I gotta grab my charger Keep sure talking. sure 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 there's you know there's a um there's a uh 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 depressive family member here an alcoholic family member here and and you know there's there definitely are like my my dad's upbringing was much more like kind of crazy and uh Mm -hmm. unstable you know his his mom had him when she was 14 16 something like that um and this was like in virginia and like he was like a uh, an Air Force brat, like, and then like dads were just like a string of just like not so great dudes, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, mm-hmm. so like it's there, it's somewhere in the code. It's just like immediate family is all just so like nice that I'm just like, oh, so mm-hmm. I'm the one who got fucking hit with it. That's cool. Like, <laughs> I'm the one. Cause like my sister's also like pretty like functional, well adjusted, nice person. So you're like kind of the black sheep? I wouldn't say that. Like, I mean, my I I have a, I get along well with my family and everything. Like, they're yeah, all chill. Yeah. And you know, I also I've managed to not let it fuck up anyone else's life. You know, that's like that's I've true. I've mostly just kind of like let it severely hobble my own career yeah. aspirations and my own happiness. Um, but it's I've managed better. to turning, I've managed to stave it, it off from like yeah fucking up other people's lives and like ruining weddings and shit like that. Like I haven't done anything. Yeah, like that. yeah. Always turn it inward. That's what I say. Even exactly. People... That's a very that's my most that's my best lesson that I've gotten from like you know my just like midwestern waspy upbringing is <laughs> just like uh-huh. turn it in, turn it in. You know. Yeah. Well, that's what they say. Like, what the fucking depression is like rage turned inward. Or Pretty much. Like but it's, yeah. But it's like, what? All right. Well, it's better than me just fucking screaming at everyone like a psycho all the time. Yeah. No. So, exactly. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, it's just like I'm not out starting bar fights. I'm not yeah. out fucking you know like road raging with people. I'm you know I I'm not mean really to other people. Like, I can be kind of like, I don't know. I, I, like any New Yorker, like I, I, I get into like traffic squabbles with people like I'm walking here kind of shit. But like on your bike. Yeah, on my bike. That. Like, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll fight people on my bike. But like you have to you have to declare yeah, your yeah, space. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so this manifests itself in kind of depression, maybe some self-destructive. tendencies. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's yeah. I mean, that's what it's been. Depression, anger. It's it like really like dark anger at myself and like self-harm and stuff like yeah. that it's it's you know not great Ooh, yeah but it's not the best no it's not you know, great it's yeah. not great but it's the not the self-harm worst, you know thing I mean? yeah self-harm is, is have uh, you um have you experienced anything like that with self-harm i haven't really not self-harm i've uh, i've experienced pretty you know deep depression since i was a kid um and you know anxiety all that stuff i haven't no self-harm, but like I have recently, This and it's gotten worse in the pandemic, where in my sleep, I've started like violently thrashing, mm. and I've started like, like the first time it manifested itself, I was like kicking a little bit, and I woke my wife up, because I was like kicking her in the back of the leg, so I like 
or just sleep on the floor because that would freak me out. And then I started getting worse. She'd catch me. She like wakes me up. She'd be like, "What?" And then she's like, "You're slapping yourself in the face, hard." So I'm just like slapping myself. I woke up um, like two months ago, and there's my hand was covered in blood. And I had a vague memory of like punching the ground in my sleep. And uh, I was like, oh, God. And then I was looking for my cat. And I, uh, the next day, and I picked up the blanket. And the blanket was covered in blood. And I was like, so I haven't done self-harm. Uh, the cat was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't cat blood. It, was it wasn't the cat. Okay. I shouldn't okay. have, I should've <laughs> made that, I should've made that clear. The cat was just fine. just fucking smashed the, the way, cat in the oh pillow. Oh my God. The way I told that, the way I told that story was not, I gotta find a better way to frame that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the cat was exploded. I don't know. But um, yeah, so it seems to be manifesting in my sleep. But self-harm, you mean like, like cutting, stuff like that? Uh, no, I, I didn't do any of that. Like I would like, um, hit myself like in the face and yeah, like, I yeah. broke a pair of my own glasses once yeah. and oh, like God. shit like that, you know, that is just like nuts, you know? And, um, yeah. and really just like embarrassing to the point where like, I haven't even, this is stuff that like, I've only started to like publicly talk about like fairly recently. Yeah. Cause it's just like, Jesus Christ. Like, cause this would all happen while I, I was by myself, like in my car or whatever, you know, mm. and like, and I was just like, I can level with people about being depressed. I can level with people about having like anxiety and issues like that. But like, when it comes to just like admitting that, like, yeah, no, I balled a fist and threw my fist into my own face. It's mm. just like, who's going to want to like hang out with that? Like, who's going to want to like get down with that? That's fucking crazy. I think people want to hang out with it. <laughs> I think you're a fun guy. Aww, and I think you. it's great. I think it's great to talk about this stuff. And um, I find, I mean, I've found lately it's like I'm pulling back because I am too open talking about it, you know? Or mm -hmm. it's like, it sounds like to a certain point I'm like looking for, I think this is what I was talking about being a little tired on the podcast. You heard me on uh, of talking about my upbringing a little bit. Mm -hmm. Is that like, it starts feeling like I'm looking for sympathy more than like, you know, I'm trying to create humor. And then through me, like I listened to some podcasts I was on with this like psychoanalyst who kind of like dug all this stuff out. And I listened back, I was so embarrassed because I was like, what? I'm just telling all these fucking stories, barely asking a question. And it made me feel like I need to pull back from talking about this stuff a little bit. But I, I don't know. I don't know what the right move is. I was just starting to feel like I was a little too comfortable talking about it openly, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that maybe just comes with your nature as like a performer. And, uh, you know, like, that's just you have to be willing to like, talk about that stuff and get comfortable with I mean, like, to even just like tell the simplest, most open mic dick joke, you know, masturbation mm -hmm. joke, you have to like be willing to like, address that kind of shit in public and yeah. in the public forum and like get up on stage every night and do that. So like, yeah, you know, well, especially in comedy, I like, you know, I don't like making fun of other people at all, and it's never fun. And even if you do like to do that thing, you know, it's becoming less and less accepted, which is which is great. Um, so you really, you know, it turns inward, and you yeah. be so all, I'm about all my jokes, and I'm the victim, and uh, sure. that's just the way I've always been with my sense of humor, and it's um, that's. It can become difficult at times. You gotta like walk the line between being like funny and fucking 
pathetic you know <laughs> you want to yeah. you want people to think you're more funny than like they're like oh my god this because i've been i've been in a place where crowds been like holy shit like, that's not funny you know they're just like <laughs> sad and like all right i went a little too far uh, i'm bumming everybody uh, out i'm sorry well yeah it's, it's a it's a fine line to walk sure um, so what do you do? You take medication? Yeah. Uh, so I've taken. I've been taking Prozac. Um, mm. I was on Lexapro for a while. It was causing like. I know that like brain zaps are a thing with a lot of antidepressants, uh -huh. but I wasn't experiencing. What's that mean? It's like you feel this like weird electrical feeling in your brain. Like there's like a static shock happening like in your head. I feel that sometimes, but I'm not on Prozac. Hmm, hmm. Interesting. Well. Um, I guess it's like, it's nothing to like be alarmed about, but it's just like a thing that people find uncomfortable. I wasn't feeling yeah. that, but I was feeling this like weird, like lightheaded, dizzy, like head on a swivel kind of feeling, mm -hmm, especially mm -hmm. when, um, like my heart rate rate would increase. So like anytime mm -hmm. I was like biking or exercising, I would start to feel like kind of this like wooziness. And I was just like, this yeah. isn't good. I'm biking up a hill right now. I'm like going up like the park slope slope and I'm starting to feel like, you know, like I don't want to fucking fall yeah. over on my bike. Um, so I switched to Prozac and that's been fine. Um, it's fine. Do you notice a marked difference of like your mood just being generally? Uh, I good? think it just, it mostly like, it just sort of dulls it a little bit or takes the, it, it makes it, you know, it's like, carrying around it's like trying to catch a like you know 10 pound dumbbell as opposed to like mm. catching a 50 pound dumbbell you know like ah, it's, yeah. you're like you feel it a lot less and like it's just not as strong of a uh a feeling i don't know um, yeah that's great because i was looking you know i've been thinking about it lately where i'm like i probably should be on something because mm. my entire life as soon as i wake up i'm like Oh god, not this! Like no matter what, yeah. like I wake up and I feel fucking like shit my entire life. I can remember like a handful of times. You've never tried antidepressants? I did twice, and the first time in college, I didn't last. It just was making me feel crazy, but I only did it for like a month, so I stopped. And I don't think my depression was that bad at the time. Uh, and then later on, it got worse, and I. Start taking something else but it caused some old ding dong problems ah uh, yes like, i was just I was gonna like, say this is, yeah this is gonna I'm like this is gonna make me sadder than what what it was depressed. just like it was just not working it was just completely out yeah, of commission i already uh -huh. have i already have like a fucking you know a nervous stick it's sure. gotta be the right it's gotta be the right situation and i think this is when i was single or, yeah you know um, oh yeah so like uh, if you if you end up with somebody like you want to make a good first impression yes. yeah if you're Absolutely. like with somebody if you're in a relationship already then you're like okay like she understands like this is you know but yeah yeah i, I feel you I yeah feel you. yeah so i already have like deep-seated sexual anxiety for sure. another a number of sources so i stopped taking it but now i'm in a point where i married and you know maybe uh it being a little more difficult to have sex would be a fair trade-off for me not being you know yeah. depressed and bad depressed and bad for three weeks straight i will say that the main thing because there are often sexual side effects and uh, i am no exception um so what it did for me was that it delays orgasm 
Like it just makes me. Oh, that's me, great. Which exactly was it was cool. kind of exactly the problem I was already. Yeah. It was it was just two birds, honestly. Fantastic. It was just, Good it was you, just like that was like the thing that was kind of you know, wasn't the worst. Like yeah, yeah. I've I've never experienced uh, uh, impotence. I guess like uh, not being able uh-huh. to get it up. It's just my guy's too excited. He's like a little too yes. gung ho. He's like, when are we going on? Ah! Like, you know, just, yeah, just like yeah, too, yeah. too eager, too ready. Um, oh my so, God, that's, for, that's, so like this, well, that's great. Yeah, so like it, it just balances that out too. So, hey, I don't know. Yeah, like maybe. Yeah. Man, you you just saying the word impotence made me feel so, I'm like, oh God. That impotence is, is like a it. weird fucking word. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like the word. It makes I, sense. I get, uh, well, cause like that's, I don't even know it if that's the so right dramatic. term, right? Cause impotence, impotence is like, that's. Far more permanent. Well, and it's also, doesn't that, isn't that more like you, is that you can't get an erection or you can't conceive a, like, I don't know. you don't have a low sperm I count also, or whatever? I also don't know if my sperm works. I've got a whole array. Oh, God. I've got like a pituitary gland problem and I have to take synthetic hormones. Mm-hmm. So um, I got my sperm tested when I was like 22 and they said I have lazy sperm. Which I was like, that can't be the med- that can't be the medical term for it, uh, but which I didn't care about. But now my wife and I are talking about having kids the next few years. So, so even your uh, sperm are depressed. Even my sperm are depressed. They're just like, I don't, know. I don't. Like you guys go ahead without me. I'm gonna stay in. Uh, <laughs> we don't I need don't to. Know. What's the fucking point of bringing another kid into know. this I've, shit? I've had every. I've had the whole array of you know sexual. If I was. You know, I've been in relationships my whole, most of my dating life. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I was on one night stand with her, it would be so unusual and strange that I would do such a bad job the first time. It would take me being, like, getting comfortable with someone sure. to uh, do that. And then, you know, I've had the early coming thing, having the stretches. Yeah. And then I've had phases where I need to fuck, like, seven times a day. And uh, so, like, yeah. I've had the whole goddamn roller coaster, really. It's, I mean, it's, it's a whole fucking rough, I don't know. See, this is, this is what I wanted to, more what I wanted to talk about because like, I feel like there isn't enough space, I think, being made for men to talk about stuff like this in a like constructive and honest way that doesn't like lead into weird, like, uh, you know, like pickup artist shit or like weird incel shit you know what i mean yeah, yeah like yeah. it's it there, there's so few places i think on the internet for uh men to just like honestly frankly discuss uh you know sexual issues relationship mm-hmm. anxieties like sexual anxieties and things like that especially because like you know the, I, I mean you're a comedian but like the only people who i feel like really discuss that are comedians who like make jokes about it and then it like becomes yeah. okay. It becomes palatable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I've told, I've like touched on some of these issues in the past, uh, lightly, but like I've been writing stuff that like when we come out of pandemic, I really want to talk more about like male sexual anxiety, you know, like, you know, male self image issues, you mm-hmm. know, people's issues with, you know how they see themselves sexually because it's not really you know i don't hear talked about much about men and you know 
people just say like, like oh men have nothing to complain about and stuff like that but you know that kind of puts more of a stigma in our head like oh we shouldn't be complaining about it where yeah so i think if you hear a joke about something it does kind of like disarm it and it also my favorite jokes are where it's funny but it's also like someone in the crowd also is relating to it like mm-hmm. on a deeper level so yeah. that makes it that makes them feel better and it also like makes it funnier to them in, in general yeah it's i mean there has been a whole i don't know uh i guess there's there's a crisis of masculinity and yeah, i feel like certainly. the only people who are addressing it are the exact wrong people who sure, you know sure. it's it's like all these like weird fucking like masculinity grifters these like jordan peterson types who like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um who who will draw people in to their uh to their whole fucking grift their whole scheme by by just saying yeah forthright like you know like i don't know like uh uh there's it's hard being a man in the modern world and like a lot of guys don't have a real strong sense of self and masculinity and how to uh uh, express that in a healthy way and you know masculinity is changing so much that there are a lot of like really fucking alone like alienated dudes out there a lot of them young men who are very kind of vulnerable you yeah, know a- yeah. and and they are unfortunately turning to a lot of the wrong places for mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. this kind of advice because those are the only people who are like offering a hand and saying like okay i have answers you know like do yeah. you, do you have sexual anxiety do you, are you having a hard time in relationships are you having a hard time performing are you having a hard time uh, approaching women i have answers and then mm-hmm. shit gets ugly i don't know it's like yeah it, I, I feel like masculinity has like really been like on the forefront of my brain lately just because like um, I just listened to Kate Willett's new audiobook. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've oh, had yeah, a chance to hear it yet, but it's, it's fucking great. Um, yeah, and um, so that I mean, she addresses a lot of that. Um, and it, it's called Dirtbag Anthropology. It's on uh, yeah, uh, Amazon. Not, no, uh, Audible Plus, whatever the fuck yeah. that is. Um, mm-hmm. but I yeah, I just listened to it and it was fucking great. And um. And on the mental illness happy hour, uh, he, it is, which is one of my favorite podcasts who, about wait, mental who's, illness. Who hosts that? Again? That's Paul Gilmartin. Yeah, it's Paul um, Gilmartin. Yeah. And he just had on this guy named Ted Bunch, uh, which is a really mm-hmm. funny name. But that's that's fun, that's, that's fun a name. really funny name. But we won't fun go into name. that. Um, but he he runs this thing called a call to men that's about you know just like modern masculinity and about. Mm-hmm. Um, how it is incumbent on men to make the world a better place for men and women. Like if women were capable of solving violence against women and assault and stuff like that themselves, they would have done it by now. It isn't, it's on us. It's the impetus is on us as men to be better and stop doing that shit. You know, like you can really only like, yeah, we're not taught that shit. That's what I like. 
we're taught so little in school like we're like health class or anything it's just about like this is you know you dig this is the right. body this parts. is the penis and testes like, it needs to be yeah we're not taught anything about like consent no. or like how to treat people or like emotional intelligence and like you figure all this out like when i was freshly single in my 20s i was dating in new york i had no experience all i had to go from was like the mostly the jokes i was hearing from like people in brooklyn which were all just like like <laughs> mother sex lives which are just like i'm just like everyone's out here just like fucking beating each other up in bed and i'm like oh this is terrifying and everyone's like, like dating so like i like i was i think i was trying to put on this air of masculinity because i was like this is what is expected of me and even from like from female comics a lot of them like talking about this stuff is that you know they're young and inexperienced too and uh just talking about i remember this one few this was one time i got really mad at him like this lady was like if i'm dating your man just don't cry don't cry in front of me don't cry and right. i remember going up and just being like how are you gonna tell a man not to cry and i go it's like so upset i'm like that's just gonna make everything worse and i got so, so mad and yeah. I, so like i was i was putting on this forced masculinity because i thought it was like what women expected of me um for the most part and then like i grew out of it but you know i was like you know didn't treat women right not like anything like violence and just like an emotional yeah you know sense not realizing thinking i was doing what i was supposed to be doing but it wasn't who i was and that's my favorite part of the podcast to do the good the dad and the other not just to promote it but we like yeah. you know we're three best friends who are all like straight white dudes who are on like different we're like you know we're very we can be you can see us as like bros if you yeah. want to in a certain light and uh so we just started, we only interviewed female guests and it was, you know, the original conceit was them teaching us how to be like better men, but it's become a lot more about us, like exploring our masculinity and how to be comfortable with it. Also exploring our own like friendship and the fact that we like get in fights with each other and we like get mad and like how to kind of navigate male friendship in ways that haven't really been talked about and like yeah we just spent a lot of the time talking about navigating masculinity and yeah. growing and like learning and just being like okay with yourself it's a really it's it's a really great podcast and it's it's a really good it's well done like the what you're setting out to do is is, is i think what you're doing and it's um you know the, like i was saying like it's it's commendable because there are so few spaces uh especially you know just on the internet because the internet is just such a ugh, like fucking just cesspool um yeah. you know especially like i mean yeah uh i don't know if it's including or especially the podcasting world like shit just oh, yeah. gets fucking gnarly in the podcasting world uh, and comedy like fans and these male comedy fans that's what i yeah so male comedy times. fans are like are like, the Jesus scariest fucking Christ. people like i have done um you know, the reason, a big reason I, I have so many comics on this show is because I'm a big comedy fan and like I have always wanted to, like, I wanted to do comedy to the point where like I was doing open mics and things like that, but like it just never really, I, I felt like going to open mics was this big like chore at the end of the day. Like yeah, I would finish yeah. walking dogs and be like, I've got to go to these open mics later. And like, I would rather shoot myself, you know? So like yeah, it, yeah. it never felt like a must 
for me, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. to begin with. But the other yeah. thing that like really turned me off from like becoming a comedian was that whole world of like dudes in comedy that and, and like male comedy fans like that, like all of that shit, you know, the like the, like compound media fucking yeah. like skanks yeah. kind of stuff like is just so like gnarly and scary that i i just was like i'm not i don't want to fucking i was already like depressed and like fucked up like in my head like to to like go and like rub elbows with those people on a daily basis was just like i'm going to fucking like just i i can't emotionally handle this yeah yeah it's so it's just like i don't know i hate it so much and if you like you say anything against it it's like you're fucking like PC, PC, yeah, PC, you're a soul boy. You're trying whatever. to fucking, you're trying to fucking cancel us. It's but it's like, like me, I'm a fucking, I'm a straight white dude. Nothing offends me, you know. Yeah. I've got all the, <laughs> I've got a pretty easy life when it comes to navigating socially. It's just like, is this the shit you want me to talk? This shit was like hacky in the fucking '80s. Uh, well, that's exactly it. It's really just like I listen to them. Read? I listen yeah. to them, and I'm just like, this sounds like Sam Kinison. Sam Kinison, I'm sorry, he's not fucking funny. Like I'll just I'll just shoot that shot right now. Like I don't care. Yeah, I have no I'm skin sure in the their co- life. Like, it was quite an experience. Maybe so, uh, because yeah, like nobody had yeah. done that before, and it was like a yeah, crazy yeah. like performance or whatever. And he was very like you know he was like a preacher or whatever, right? Because and he was like very charismatic, but like he's not fucking funny. Sorry. No, no. Like, and there's so many people who fucking just do it so poorly. Like, like I love Bill Burr. He's a great comic. I love Bill Burr. People can see him in that, but he like he talks about those things through like the scope and the lens of his own yeah. anxieties and his own and he admits, you know, his own weaknesses and shit like that. There's nothing tough about doing comedy. You're trying to get fucking strangers to like you. Like all the yeah. these comedians that act like tough guys, it's so fucking embarrassing. You're not fucking tough. You're a pussy inside. We all we all know you're a pussy inside. Just like it'd be so much more interesting if you let that out. It's so weird. It's so weird. Like the, the idea of like, I mean, I guess I almost see where they're coming from with it because it's a coping mechanism to just be like, I'm, I have a lot, like maybe like you're starting out and you have a lot of anxiety about getting up on stage. So you're just like, I'm just going to be really tough. And like, I'm just like a big strong guy. And like, you you know, if you, if you fucking heckle me, I'll knock your teeth out, you know, like that's going to be my, my approach. But like, come on, like, yeah, it's a coping mechanism. And if you're starting comedy, sure. I did a lot of dumb shit starting comedy, but, you know, it's all about, like, self-exploration. You should fucking move past that. Well, yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. Is like, the, the you know, like, the main deeper. offenders, not to name names, are, 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 like, people who have, like, been in the game for at least 10 years. And it's just like, come on, relax. Like, you're good. You got it's fucking... Good. 11,000 followers on Instagram. Like you, you're, you're doing it. People listen to your podcast. People know who you are. You're yeah. doing okay. Nobody's going to hurt you. Nobody's going to cancel. Like just yeah. relax, bro. Relax. It's embarrassing to the most, like you should, it's embarrassing. Like I'm embarrassed for them for the most part. It's like, this is, these are the choices you're making. And this is how you're choosing to react to these things instead of like i feel like a comedian you know should be thoughtful and like uh people talk about like not being able to joke about certain things anymore and it's like yeah comedy is evolving it's um we're realizing some of the shit we were saying was 
fucking horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, well, and it's also it's like not funny. It's just not funny. It's anymore. not funny. And it's also like literally people aren't saying that you can't say that. People are saying that like if you say that people will take issue and people might not laugh and people might say yeah. shit and people might not want to book you on their shows. People might not invite you to their podcasts. You might not get writing jobs. You can say it. Fucking say it. I don't care. Like, people can, like, I'm not trying to stop anybody from saying anything that they yeah, want to say. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like, this is what you want to say? I don't want to it's just uninteresting. It's, it's just stupid. It's, it's and, like, just I just feel like, yeah, I just feel like I'm, like, back in, like, fucking high school. It's like, I just. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, there's got to be something deeper there you want to mind isn't there or like where is this anger coming from like you gotta just do some self-reflection dude come on it's unfortunate but i think that there is just like i mean there's a legacy of it though in comedy you know i mean like it's the thing is that like there's like that whole like comedy seller back table you know like like, like it's it's a boys club it's uh it's it's just always has been that thing of just like you know, other comedians will only listen to, you know, they'll listen to uh, uh, if if Colin Quinn or or Chris Rock has like a problem with something you're saying, then they'll then they'll listen, but they're not gonna listen to fucking anybody else because it's like their own little like elite club of these like established comedians. You know what I'm saying? It is like that. Well, I've I started working the comedy cell like a year before everything shut down, or maybe like six months to a year and it was like intimidating and going there and st- still very intimidating because it did feel sometimes the older comics like intentionally kept you like out of the circle right well they want it to be intimidating wanna... that's the thing because yeah, they want, yeah, to, they're they're, trying it's, to, be they want to hold on to that capital absolutely but like some of them are so inviting and kind and there was and like honestly before there lately it was like one of the more like diverse places hmm. I performed even all over Brooklyn, a lot of the other clubs, and but like there was a, just a vast array of different types of people, and I think they were growing and evolving, and it was it was fun because of that. Uh, I didn't mean to call out the comedy seller, just like no, no, specifically. No, I, I was just like kind of using that as like a like, you know a, a general. I know what you're ism, saying. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's just funny. Like I feel like. Have you noticed how it just feels sometimes like masculinity is just becoming like a parody of itself, like machismo and like hyper masculinity? Like everybody's talking about like the the uh, like the Zack Snyder, like Justice League, uh, you know, trailer or whatever is, Mm -hmm. you know, like all the stills they're releasing now. And I think about him and his whole fucking shtick, his whole career and how he has made like his whole brand is making these superheroes like really dark and brooding yeah. and intense and just like as as fucking just you know hard and mean as he can it's they're fucking superheroes like superman's yeah, wearing yeah. like an all-black suit because i don't want to be no like gay ass superman like i yeah. wouldn't wear colors like yeah. a fucking sissy like it's just like what are you like come on man it's comic book guys yeah. I know, Zack Snyder, Snyder is so embarrassing. This movie sucks so bad. And there's even, I don't know, there's just a wide array. There are some people that are hyper-masculine, and, you know, and if that's if that's how you feel, I also want those people to be able to feel that way and do that. And uh, without, you know, 
using it to shit on other people and take yeah i mean like if that's who you are then that's who you are that's fine like i don't know more often than not it's people putting it on because they feel like that's how they're supposed to be and that's where a lot of the toxicity comes in is people just like putting on these fake fucking airs because they don't know how they're supposed to act and they don't have any guidance or fucking self-awareness yeah well and and the only examples of masculinity you know like the end-all be-all masculinity is just so like it's it's violent and it's ridiculous and it's just it's gotten to this point where like now it's you see like all of these like dude archetypes the you know like the charles bronson uh the like clint eastwood the sylvester stallone and they've all like they've taken sylvester stallone's like crazy muscles they've taken uh clint eastwood's like stoicism and that like raspy voice and like and they've taken charles bronson just like dead-eyeing you and like holding a gun and like not being like afraid of anything and it's just like all merged into this like one fucking image of what a man is supposed to look like and it's fucking weird and creepy and like if you go back and actually like watch any of those like go back and watch rambo he's a fucking Mm. like crazy vietnam vet with ptsd yeah yeah. like go back and watch death wish he's like a psychopath like these are all like these are not heroic people I know that's like, it's it's insane, and it's um you know men also suffer from this from this image of what masculinity is supposed to be. Yeah, I suffer from it a lot, and I was like very shitty to people and like to myself, and just like trying to just getting wrong ideas from things, and like trying to be things I wasn't. And finally, yeah. at, like thirty or four, I'm coming out of that and just being like, and I am who I am, and I feel way i do and i'm like dealing with it. the bad parts i'm dealing with but it's not like i'm just not letting some you know oppressed form of masculinity of what society tells me that's supposed to be kind of dictate my actions can you talk more about like specific examples if you can think of any of like things you've had to like unlearn just like stuff with like you know i had a lot of misogyny in me that i didn't realize was like ingrained deeply with like how women were supposed to act and like a lot of it came from my eyes i told like i had my own you know sexual anxiety and stuff like that so when i started dating my wife she was you know way more sexually comfortable than i was and she had kind of the opposite life of mine you know and she was like you know more promiscuous in her 20s and all that stuff and like yeah i struggled with that for a long time being like thinking it made me like less of a man somehow and it made me like treat her in shitty ways and i had to like do a lot of therapy to like unpack all that and realize all these issues are my issues and uh shit like that and like other men just like men thinking that like someone because they like slept with a woman they like own a part of them or something like that you know what i mean like that shit gets ingrained and yeah i just had to unpack a lot of that and it just caused so much inner turmoil and like you know jealousy and i'm like am i you know am i behaving in the right situation is this like what i'm supposed to do as a man am i supposed to like just shit, a lot of shit like that or just like acting tough in certain situations when it was completely unnecessary and uh yeah stuff like that i'm still like you know working a lot to unpack and unlearn 
I mean, I remember when I was younger, uh, probably a very similar thing. Like I, I would, since I was so anxious and had so much just like pent up, you know, I guess just sexual frustration from not really knowing how to like approach women and, um, you know, I mean, like girls at that time, I was just like a fucking kid, Mm -hmm. you know, but like, um, but, and, and, and not realizing that like, you know, they were like their own people, like figuring their own shit out too, for one thing, but also just like being so kind of mad when I would see a, a woman with like kind of sexual prowess um, yeah, yeah. and confidence or like attractiveness. And if they weren't into yeah. me, then I was just like, well, fuck her. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she's just like, she's so self-involved or she's, she's like this like fucking narcissist or she's like, yeah. she thinks she's so hot and like blah, blah, blah. And like, I would do everything I could to just like shit on her, you know, Absolutely. just because yeah. like, she was like a hot girl who was fucking dudes who weren't me. And I was yeah, pissed that's about a, it. Absolutely. I felt this, the same way. And I would be like, you know, I realized a lot of the jealousy. Of the, I, I was jealous of my wife because that's I wanted to have that confidence. Like when I was in my 20s. And, you know, I yeah. wanted to have a phase. I wanted to have a more slutty phase than I had. And of I, course, who doesn't? Like, yeah. I like didn't have, you know, I had like periods, but I didn't have, you know, the confidence myself to like go through that. Right. Uh, like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, and, and it's it's one of those things where, like, you know, you're settled. Like, I even find myself thinking that now where I'm, like, you know, settled into a relationship and I'm, I'm happy with it. And it's it's great. And but I'm still like I get this like pang of like when I hear people on podcasts and stuff just like talking about like going out and like fucking random people and, and everything. I'm, I'm like, oh, man, like I, 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 I want that on some level. But like. I also know that like I went through a lot of that and I was still fucking miserable and it was still like, it wasn't fixing all of my problems and like you can only do it for so long. Like that's like spinning on a fucking hamster wheel. And it's just like, what do you want to do? You want to just like fuck everybody in New York? Like, what do you want your body count to fucking be? Like what number? Give me a number. Give me a fucking number. What's going to be, what's going to make you happy. What's going to make you happy. I, I went through periods like that and it was like, and then I realized, like, most of those sexual experiences, like, were not that enjoyable. Because I was just, like, with a stranger. And it was, like, yeah, I mean, weird. And then my best sexual experience was with my wife when I was, like, someone I was comfortable with and who I love. And then, you know, I think about the, on the other side of, the, you know, sexual positivity, which is, you know, definitely moving away from, like, slut shaming and all that stuff like that. But I, once we get past that, it's also, like, men and women i think there is a big thing when there are a lot of people who are doing that who are also acting out ways they think they're supposed to act or yeah are kind of enacting some kind of trauma and are kind of doing that to you know uh alleviate something like a hole within themselves so it's tough to talk about that i try to talk about that because it's tough to do that without sounding like blood shaming but yeah it's, like, it's a tough it's needle past. it's a tough needle to thread you know it's, it's a like tough... past it's past that like it's very okay to have sex with many people sure. as you want but you also you know should examine if you're doing this because it's something you really want to do or it's like you're trying to 
fill some kind of void or if this is taking something from you or if it's actually hurting you in some kind of way psychologically, you know. So, yeah. there's, you know, there's more angles to it. I don't know. It's a nuanced discussion, you know, without, without, you know, yeah, without being puritanical about it, you know, and, and it comes to, I mean, it's, it's sort of like with anything with, with like destigmatizing mental health without just letting people wallow in their, their shit. Cause to me, that's what a lot of people, uh, what I wish people understood you know, I, I guess more, I don't know, conservative or traditional people who are weary or weary, uh, leery of, of therapy, um, is that I, I wish that they understood that it wasn't about, it's not about getting yourself off the hook and just saying like, well, I'm Mm -hmm. depressed. And so like, please take care of me. And like, you know, just like being just this kind of like, just shirking all of your responsibilities and just being this like sort of, you know, Janice Soprano type of person. Uh It's not about that. It's about figuring out what your shit is so you can fucking work on it and take responsibility for it. Yeah, it's, I know. Absolutely. And it's so hard. So like being in comedy, living in New York city, we're, you know, surrounded by so many like liberal, like open people Mm -hmm. that these discussions can get like exhausting where it's just like, you know, where people can be like so open about this stuff, but then you don't realize there's so many people that aren't where you are that are so fully repressed yeah, that they haven't even seen the tip of the iceberg of this conversation. Whereas you're like drilled down in the fucking middle of the iceberg. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm pretty far so in at this point. You know, I mean, yeah, I've, yeah, I've been, yeah. I've been going to therapy like for, I mean, about as long as I've lived in New York and like I was on yeah. in and out of therapy before I even moved here. Um, so, you know, but like, this is like, that was when I like really dug in and like understood what I was like trying to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. It's (sighs) masculinity is a fucking trip. I think you're doing a really great job with it. Um, I think, uh, you know, um, a little time podcast, you've been on that show. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love, um, that's another one of my favorites, uh, of just like, it's, Cause they are both like, it is very much a dude podcast. Um, and, and it's a very, I think a very like interesting take on masculinity because they are both like, I mean, like Diego is, uh, I mean, he's literally a fucking MMA guy. Like he can fucking kill you. And like, but Uh he's also like, he's, you know, a progressive and evolved kind of person too you know and and Mm -hmm. so like it's really interesting when it's just like it is this like muscly like tattooed horny guy but he's also like Uh not a piece of shit about it and like not a bully it's very refreshing to see you know and and so it's possible to do it's just so much like you know there's there's those archetypes of like the uh fucking you know just like alpha like macho like dickhead versus that yeah. like kind of really soft sus like kind of i don't know quote unquote big air quotes male feminist you know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. like sure. kind of like Joss Whedon type that's also yeah, like very absolutely. creepy and is mm-hmm. like i pretty much automatically don't trust any dude when they say something like 
oh, I don't objectify women. Oh, I don't look at porn. You know, I'm just like, what the fuck are you? What? Like, yeah, then, yeah, that's yeah. No, I love to talk about how hot ladies. I love to talk about my wife's big titties. Mm-hmm. I love to talk about that stuff. And that's another thing I try to explore in my comedy. It's weird because I like, I will make sexual jokes like like we we're doing shows over the summer, and uh, she would do the shows with me a lot, and I would just open up. If she went before me, I'd be like, "How about she's beautiful? What a lady!" And like, big old titties, just big, <laughs> big there, ding dong, groom them up. And I, and I try to like see how long I could stretch out just riffing about how big her tits are, because I know she loves it. She thinks it's hilarious, uh, and it's funny when she's there. And it's like, I feel these things. That's also kind of, uh, you know, a parody of that kind of behavior. Yeah. But then I did one, one show when she wasn't there, and I've. We just went into the riff. Uh, you I were just, introducing we, her and her big titties, and no, she just she never came on there. stage? She wasn't at the show, and I didn't realize, like, oh, if she's not here, and people, like, see that she thinks it's funny, this just sounds like some asshole. Right, <laughs> like, right. If, if you don't see that she's like, in on the joke. Yeah, that is, that is the, that's the difference. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, if they're in on the joke and they find it funny. So it was recently my girlfriend's birthday. Um, and so I made her, um, this drunk, we have a dog together. Um, we have this cute little dog, Dottie and, uh, Dottie. Um, she's actually sitting at my feet right now. I'm not going to pick her up because she doesn't like that and she'll just get upset, but I'll, I'll show you later. Um, but so anyway, I made a drawing of them. It's on my Instagram. If you guys want to see it, uh, it's, and it's, it's them together, um, in a synth pop band. And I purposely mm-hmm. drew her in sort of a contrapposto position with her mm-hmm. butt sticking out because mm-hmm. she has the most spectacular butt and it's, and I love it. And so funny. I drew like an exaggerated version of it because it's a cartoon, but mm-hmm. like she, when she saw it, she was like at first kind of, I think like a little embarrassed before she like fully understood that like oh no this is like an ode this is like you know she's like yes, oh my god you drew my yes. book so big like what what is that like it's so like you know and she was like ah, I don't know. and i was like so do you not want to put it up on the wall oh, like what god. is this like you know like sorry like should i should i do another should i make another pass at it oh, you know <laughs> like um and I, and I felt just like oh man i fucked up like i, I thought that like she's gonna think that like i'm you know I don't know. Like, is did I go too far? Was this creepy? Was this like not okay? Like, you know, am I making her uncomfortable with it? But like, you know, it took her a while to come around to what I was trying to convey, which was just like, no, this is what I, this is what I like about you. This is, this is what I'm trying to like, you know, exalt and, and just be like, look, everybody. Yes. Yeah. yeah, My girlfriend has a spectacular ass. Isn't she amazing? Absolutely. It's okay to be like a man who's like understanding and thoughtful and everything, and still, you know, love. And still want to fuck. Butts. Yeah, and it's, it's totally normal. It's okay. And it's a. It's I just a, feel like yeah, it's, there's, so fine. it's like we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to like addressing masculinity and male sexuality, because obviously there are some fucking things that need to be discussed and need to yeah, be yeah yeah. Uh, uh, clipped out and 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 done away with you know 
there's plenty yeah, of that that just yeah. like we gotta fucking cut it out. But there's yeah, there's a lot of it that's just totally fine and pure and and good, you know. I know this comes up. I I'm a huge wrestling fan, which mm-hmm. is it's so interesting with masculinity because it's like a drag show for masculinity. Yeah, almost like it's, yeah, like I love Rick Flair, and he's just like if that were a real person, which it is a real person, but like the character, it was pretty similar. Like it'd be the shittiest person. He's just talking about all the ladies he fucks and like you know all the boozy drinks and all this shit mm-hmm. but like as a caricature i love it so much because it's funny but like i'm in a wrestling group and uh it's all you know very progressive you know men and even like watching like there'd be a hot lady on wrestling i'd be like this lady's so hot and uh they like won't they're like afraid to agree with me <laughs> and I'm like, listen, I understand. I'm like, listen, they're great wrestlers. Like, I appreciate their athleticism sure. and everything. I'm not justifying them, but they're hot. But we can also just agree that they're, they're very hot. <laughs> like, yeah. we can all, we can live in both worlds. It's fine. Yeah. I, I'm going to plug my friend's podcast. Um, uh, my friends have a podcast about the raw era of of wrestling um or like 90s like, you know, like what was it wwf the, wwe now i guess raw the uh, attitude era the attitude era yeah yeah, yeah 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 um of uh uh it's called hell in a cell phone um and oh, yeah. there's these three dudes uh, one of them's gay um the other two are, are are straight and so it's an interesting angle where like you they address both the attractiveness of, you know, the male and female wrestlers and in, in yeah. different ways. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And I never really got into wrestling, to be honest. I get it's, it. Like I see the, thing, yeah, yeah, I, I see the appeal, but it just was, it, it just wasn't a thing that I ever like really got into. If it doesn't hook India at a certain age, it's like whatever yeah. your thing is, comic books or whatever. It was just like it was a big escape for me as a child and mm-hmm. in harder times. So like, it'll always be connected to me, and I like can't give it up. I'm always well, and I think it's also like it's a really culturally acceptable thing for like young boys to be into, you know, because like you know comic books have sort of come around and everything, but like they are are, are have become a lot less. Um, I don't know, stigmatized, you know, like, but back in, back in the day, like this was, you know, that was just sort of something that was like, I don't know, harder to be into, I guess. That's yeah. I had to defend myself so much for being a wrestling fan, you know, everyone, my dad still today <laughs> yeah. that I fought so hard for that. I, uh, I can't give it up. And, uh, you shouldn't have to. It's a thing that you're into. Never. I'm going to watch my whole goddamn life. Hell yeah. Um, so we got to wrap up. Um, but this was great. Uh, is there anything that you would like to plug? Like where where to find your work? Uh, do you? I know you do like a, a weekly uh, web comedy show. Yeah, yeah. It's super fun. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, yeah, I do a weekly show with my wife um, through Assemble Co. It's called Filth. It's just basically, it's like the opposite of a clean show, whatever that means to people. Uh, you know, sex, poop, booger, a lot more booger talk than I expected comes up, which is the thing that grosses me out the most, weirdly. Uh, but that's every Thursday at 8. 
You can get tickets if you go to my Instagram at KCJ Salango. Uh, all the links are in there. You see my album Wild Country Phoenix, my podcast Good Dad and the Ugly. Um, yeah, but if you go to my Instagram, basically everything I'm promoting is there. Hell yeah! Well, this was great, man. Uh, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. It's a lot of fun. We really got into it. We bro. got into it. This this went really well. This was this is exactly the kind of conversation that I'm trying to have on this show. And I'll be honest, it doesn't always click. Oh, <laughs> like I know. sometimes I I'll know. I'll have people on and I'm just like, so tell me about, you know, feelings and stuff. And they're like, mm, and it just oh, it just buddy. doesn't it has you know, it doesn't always happen. And I'm fairly new at this. Po- like, you know, I'm I've only like, what? For like four years and there's some people, it's just like, oh, you can't fucking drag anything out of them. There's nothing yeah, to do. So. It's hard. So, like, it, does, it doesn't always happen. But it happened here, and I'm really happy about this. Thank you once again to Casey James Salengo. What a guy. What a real ass dude. Okay? Check out his work. I'm going to put all that in the show notes, of course. Once again, I'm going to say, please visit patreon.com slash selfworst. Do all of that stuff. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Bradical Pearson. Follow the show, Selfworst, uh, at Selfworst on Instagram. Um, I post about the show and I, also, I post some funny memes sometimes too. Some nice Instagram stories, some good content, you know, check it out. Um, email me at selfworst at gmail.com. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. But do it. Be the first. That'd be cool. I don't know. <sighs> Music is by Shea Bartel. Theme song is by Shea Bartel and me. The artwork for this show is also by me so fucking talented all right enough of this shit i'm brad pearson until next time go out and fail it's good for you